I am a big proponent of buying fewer but better things. So, you know, I might have a t-shirt that costs $60, but it's just the one t-shirt, you know, instead of six $10 t-shirts. That's the Lux strategist. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, she offers six secrets to splurging on nice things while still saving up to 50% of your income. Joe and Big Al cover the latest on Trump tax reform, the retirement crisis, seven retirement catch-up strategies for lifelong procrastinators, and why Caller Marie maybe shouldn't trade options. Plus, the fellas confess to their worst impulse purchases. Now with a tiny ukulele and a really, really big bag. Here are Big Al Clopine CPA and Joe Anderson CFP. Talking taxes, investments, retirement, and all sorts of good stuff today. We got tax reform maybe coming down the pike. And what? We had the budget passed through this week. Well, we, we did, Joe. And just as a little reminder, what the budget does is that it allows uh, a bill to be, a tax bill, to be enacted that can, that would would potentially increase the federal def- deficit by up to $1.5 trillion over the next 10 years. In other words, this uh, this tax plan or this tax framework that uh, was revealed about a month ago. Your phone's ringing. Yeah, I know. It's a caller. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get to it later. Anyway, um, the um, what was I saying? So, so because the budget the budget has to be passed that allows for a tax cut which allows us to go into more debt now of course the republicans are saying yeah but this is going to spur the economy we're going to have actually more taxes and and Maybe that's true, maybe not. Depends who you believe, what economist you listen to. But that's what the Republicans are saying. We're, we want to lower taxes so that we can increase the economy to increase revenues to, to tax which, which, more, which will ultimately increase revenues more. I can tell you, being a tax guy, this is complicated stuff. So I don't know how you just come up with something totally different in in a few weeks here, but we'll we'll see. You know, we talked last week about uh, 401k plans and retirement accounts, and then that they increased the overall um, contribution limits to 401ks and defined contribution plans to 18500 Yeah, they increased it 500 bucks. And there was also talk within this new tax plan is that they would reduce the tax deductibility up to $2,400. Um, but uh, what your boy, uh, President Trump, my boy, <laughs> said, uh, or he tweeted, or whatever he did, yes. is said... Um, no, that we're not going to mess with retirement plans. Yes, but then the House said, "Well, I think I, we, I think it's still on the table. I think it's still on yeah, the table. Yeah, that was like a day to. or two later, right? So who knows, right?" <laughs> There's a, there's a lot of kind of jockeying around, because if you're going to come up with a tax cut when we're already in a deficit situation, so so I guess to explain things even further, because I got this wrong a few years ago with an economist, uh, is there's our national debt. So that's the accumulation of deficits plus interest, and that's over $20 trillion right now. Then there's the deficit. Which is the annual. That's the annual amount that, that are, we're spending more than the revenue coming in. So we're basically adding to the national debt each and every year by the deficit. So one of the things that numerous Republicans want to have happen is to balance the budget, to at least at least stop making this worse, and then start working on ways to attack the debt. But the deficit has decreased. It was like a trillion it dollars has a decreased. year. And, and, if, and if you think about it, it's, it's logical that it has decreased because we were in the Great Recession. That's the worst economy since the Great Depression. And when it's a in terrible economy, people are making less money, so there's less tax revenue. So, and you can't all of a sudden say, well, hmm, Social Security recipients, we don't, we don't have enough to pay you, so we'll pay a half this month, and we'll try to catch it up later. Sure. So the government has made these commitments between Social Security and Medicare and our defense and uh, uh, you know and and all that welfare all that sort of thing now there's there, maybe there's ways to cut that maybe there are ways to improve that certainly but uh, when you make commitments to programs you can't all of a sudden say no we're not doing it and that's that's how this happens and so then there's a there's a general uh, disparity I would say between Republicans and Democrats Democrats would rather raise the taxes particularly on the wealthy to try to close this gap and Republicans go on to go the exact opposite direction because the wealthy are the one that invest in companies create more jobs the economy is more improved like I say it's it it depends who you listen to as to which is a better approach and I'm not going to even try to judge that yeah stay tuned we are on a pulse <laughs> we are of this. <laughs> 
And I guess if you if you haven't heard this this tax framework that was announced about a month ago, it, it takes seven brackets down to three brackets, and uh, the highest bracket is reduced from thirty nine point six to. 35. Yeah, but now there's talk that they're going to bring it back to have a fourth one for There is, there is yes. And there, there's changes in deductions, too, like uh, your state and local taxes, property taxes. Those would not be allowed under this framework. Your miscellaneous itemized deductions, your medical deductions would not be allowed. In exchange, you have slightly higher, ta- lower tax rates, higher uh, exemptions, uh, but, no exemptions. But I'm, I'm sorry, higher itemized deduction. Uh, higher, let me get this Jeez, right. So the standard deduction. Higher standard deduction. <laughs> But no are, you a, are you a tax guy, or what no. the hell are you? Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> anyway, also they're talking about reducing corporate taxes, well, even for S corporations and LLCs. So we'll have to see how all that plays out. Yeah, uh, on the in- in individual side, uh, we've done several shows on this where we kind of break it down, and it, it's not really going to affect a ton on the individual side, just because of it's all smoke and mirrors, in my opinion, is that, all right, well, here, we're going to reduce some of the taxes, but then we're going to get rid of some of the deductions. It's like, all and right, then and people, then get rid of your exemptions. And people end up paying more tax. People paying more so tax. So how's that a tax cut? Right, so in that right in the middle, too, yeah. like at that 25 28% tax bracket, yeah. okay, well, now you're going to go to 25 so you think you're going to have a lower rate but then all of a sudden you have a few kids you will you don't have any exemptions and then if you live in the state of california you don't have or or new york or any other high income state uh, then you can't write off your state taxes you can't write off um you know medical expenses and then it's like well wait a minute at the end of the day here my tax rates went up but that's yeah. middle america and that's who you know everyone says okay well we want to reduce we want to help we right. want to help right? yeah so you got to be careful i guess the point of the discussion is and um, Al, you've been in, in, in what the tax world for thirty plus thirty years. plus years, thirty right. plus years, right? I lose track after thirty. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and I've been doing this a few days, and it's like, okay, well. Um, you hear all of this, and it sounds really good until you get into the details. And there's zero details on this new tax plan, you know. And it's like, oh, this is going to be the biggest, strongest tax plan ever. And it's like, all right, well, it's four pages long. I, I got it, it here. It's it's nine pages, and the first three pages are introduction. It, it, right, and, and you then, got a nice cover page. So, so there's six pages. I like the I, I like the uh, artwork on it. it it's, it's very cool. nice. But starting at page three is where we get into the meat, and uh, page three it's fairly large type. Uh, page four, page five, there's more blank space than there is uh, right. writing. So, and yeah, then, there's, there's nothing, there's not really nothing there. How much? It just says, we want to do this. Right. And so... It, it's a framework is it, what it, it is. It's not really it, a, a plan it, that it, we can, a, a bill that we can vote on. Right. But, you know, with, with politics, you're good salespeople because people want to hear what they want to hear. Sure. Um, and it's like, okay, well, lower taxes. I want to pay lower taxes. And then all of a sudden it goes through and then you're paying more taxes. Right. And you're like, well, what the hell just happened? Well, you got to pay attention to kind of the details of this stuff. You do. Especially with your taxes and in, in regards to retirement plans. What are they going to do there? We live and breathe this every day, and there's so many people that are lacking uh, the capital assets to provide themselves a retirement income long term. And it's the, we got to get a little bit more focused on you know long term planning and what you need to do for yourself. But if, if you've ever listened to the show, Al and I have always tried to come up with different unique ideas and strategies and try to educate and help you um, figure out a way to reduce your overall tax bite legally, of course, um, because it's our given right as a U.S. citizen to do everything we can to uh, avoid taxation, right? We can't necessarily we can, eliminate it, we but can, we yeah, can. But we're, we're allowed to arrange our affairs to, have the, to pay the least amount of tax legally possible. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Right. And so then you have to understand how the tax system works, and you want to make sure that you look at this and be prepared to say, all right, well, if this happens, this is the planning that I need to do. And if it doesn't happen, this is the planning I need to do. And in in some cases, it might be the same strategy, but you have to kind of take a look at this stuff. So how is this massive tax reform going to affect you? In this country, it's your right to do every legal thing you possibly can to avoid taxation. You can't necessarily eliminate it, but you can have a strategy to legally pay the least amount of tax possible. Start end-of-year tax planning now to help you not just this year, but for the rest of your life. 
Call Pure Financial Advisors at 888-994-6257 and make an appointment for a personalized tax reduction analysis. That's 888-994-6257. Call right away. Find out how your current tax strategy may be changing in the coming weeks and what you can do to reduce your tax bite. Get a forward-looking personalized tax reduction analysis at no cost or obligation to you. Call Pure Financial at 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. Look at that grin on your face, Globine. I'm I'm excited about this guest (laughs) because we've just learned that she knows like way more than we do, which is true of all of our guests. It's a very unique guest we have. I'm very excited. It is. It, it, um, what's it, it's like Prince, yeah, or Madonna. <laughs> well, she, so she goes by Lex, yeah. Which uh, so she, I guess she wants to keep her name anonymous. So I don't blame her because you know. Well, you're Big Al. Your real name is Henry. <laughs> I let it out of the bag. <laughs> really, you had to say that. For all well, this let's time. let's get to it. We've had Lux on the li- Lux. Hey, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the show. Yes. Well, you got to explain to our listeners the genesis of your blog. Uh, it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. Uh, but you could probably do a lot better job of explaining the genesis behind it than I can. Okay. So the short answer is the Lux Strategist. It's basically a personal finance website for people who like nice things. I love nice okay. things. We're, you, you, got our, you got our attention. Right. Um, so that's a little tagline. But, you know, really what I wanted to do was kind of challenge the idea of, like, what being good with money means, you know, and what frugality means. Because I'm somebody who, you know, I have a really strong interest in personal finance. I'm good at saving money, but I also spend money on things like designer clothes and travel. And so usually when people think about those two things, they think they're an oxymoron and that they don't really go together. So my talent, my goal is basically just challenging the idea that you can be good with money, but you can also spend money as long as you do it consciously and on the things that you value. You, you know, okay, so looking at your bio, you're a 30-something New Yorker. You save 50% of your income, but you travel to Paris and Hawaii for practically free and then uh, you like um, $400 sneakers. I like that. Well, I, I like nice shoes, too. I like watches. I like nice clothes. You just haven't traveled. I, yeah, but, well, I live in San Diego. I, where <laughs> I else would you want to go? So uh, wh- how, how do we do this? Because I think a lot of times, you know, uh, everyone likes nice things, but then there's some guilt around it, too, when you buy nice things. It's like, oh, maybe I should have been saving and this and that. How, how do you go around, you know, being able to save as much as you save? save and then still be able to kind of, um, you know, buy the luxury items that you do? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really great question because I think people tend to, you know, they look at a price and they see sticker shock, right? And then like they just kind of like judge like, okay, like that's a thousand dollars. Like I can't afford it, but they don't really kind of think about it in terms of value. So one of the ways that I'm able to do these things is just being creative and thinking outside of the box in terms of like, you know, what can I drastically reduce in my budget in order to afford all of these things that I love? So, for example, I live in New York. You know, everybody knows that rent is super expensive. They say, you know, it costs $4,000 to rent a studio, but who says that you have to actually live in the $4,000 studio? You know, so like for me, like I've always, you know, I've never really prioritized spending a lot on rent. So I've always lived with roommates and right there, like you'll save, you know, $600, $1,000 a month. And so you have to think about like, you know, people talk about cutting little things like lattes every day, but what about the big expenses? You know, and things like living, you know, when you live in a big city, we don't really have a lot of those really big transportation costs you know, that other people do. So that's definitely one of the ways. How, how do you budget? What, uh, is there is there tools that you use to take a look at, all right, here's the income coming in, here's the, you know, expenses that I have, and uh, how do you go about prioritizing things that you can cut and then that you want to um, spend money on? Yeah, so every time I'd get a new job or I'd get a little raise, I would, you know, fire up an Excel spreadsheet, you know, put in all of my categories, and I'd figure out, 
you know, the first thing I figure out is how much I want to save. That's always number one. You know, and then, like, the second tier would be, you know, putting in my fixed expenses. And then the third tier would actually be my, my discretionary spending. So that's what I would do first is always prioritize how much I save, and I, I would automate it. And then I also use Mint.com to um, put in my budget and sort of track my daily spending. How often do you track that? on Because I use Mint, and sometimes it's a disaster. Have you ever tracked it? I, yeah, I have my I have my financial summit, Al. I open up. You've never you know, talked about it. Yeah, I crack open a bottle of Fireball, drink that thing down, and look how much money I spend. Looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty good. I must have a good year. Yeah, when I'm done with that bottle, then it's yeah. like I feel really great. Right. Uh, but no, it, it gets cumbersome sometimes, and then it, you have to look at it probably a lot more than I do, because I might do it maybe semi-annually, and then i just like, man, I can't be spending that. And then six months goes by again, it's like, and then damn you, it! Then you do it. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think six months is probably a little too infrequent. But you know what? I Honestly, I don't think about my money that much at all, because I have a system. So I probably look at... You know, of, of course, like, it's always fun to look at your at Mint.com when you get paid and you kind of see your, your net worth go up right. <laughs> temporarily until your credit <laughs> cards get paid. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I probably look at it about maybe once a week. But, um, you know, to be honest, my spending is pretty, you know, it's pretty much in check because I'm extremely selective about what I buy. And that's kind of like, I guess, part two to your initial question was, you know, how do you actually do this in such a large city? Is that like you have to be really choosy about what you spend your money on. So for me, it's like, you know, the top three categories are clothes and travel, but I also find ways to drastically reduce those costs. You know, so like if you have like a, you know, there's a jacket that you want that costs $600, like you maybe wait a couple of seasons, you can probably find it on the secondhand market for maybe like $150. So patience is key. Yeah, patience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, patience is really key. I do not have patience, Lex. That That's the problem. That so is, that's that's what we got to work on. Impulse buying. Yeah, well, it's so, yeah a, a so, lot of people are like that. Lex, it sounds like uh, you've got a really good system, and, and so you don't necessarily have to watch it every day because you've got the system set up, and you already kind of have, have employed it day to day. But l- let me ask you, you said you save automatically. How, how and where are you saving? So I get paid twice a month, and then I max out my 401k, so that gets saved pre-tax, so I never see that in my paycheck. And then I also have, I max out my health savings account, so basically my paycheck gets drastically reduced. And then once I get my actual net pay, I'll have a certain amount moved over to my savings account every single month. Is that automatic too, or you, or you do that yourself? Nope, it's automatic. Very good. Yeah, that's that's the key. Yeah, and I used to have a Roth IRA, so I would save automatically every month for that, too, and just contribute every month. Yeah, you kind of go on autopilot, then you don't even have to think about it. Right, I mean, she's got a dial, Big Al. Yeah. It's, you know, pay yourself first. It's like, let's max out the 401k, out of sight, out of mind. Max out the Roth IRA, out of sight, out of mind. And then you take a little bit of whatever, you know, that's left. You put it in your certain living expense. Right. And then whatever's left, boom, I'm going to Paris. And so then you're intentional on your discretionary income instead of just spending it and there it's gone like that yeah definitely i mean like i looked at my shopping budget i was was actually looking at my mint category earlier and i saw that like i didn't shop for three months so but that's like my natural my natural behavior you know so i don't have to do things like oh i have to go on like a monthly shopping ban you know xyz it's just you know i very rarely like when i see something i very rarely buy it on the spot like i'll think about it and you know, have a process. Like I just, um, I wrote a post about my thought process for buying a t-shirt that happened to cost $60 and it got shared on Facebook and there are a couple of judgmental comments, which is, you know, par for the course. But, you know, I think what maybe some people missed in the post was that like, I think, you know, it's like a 12 step process for like how I actually decide it, you know, it doesn't matter that it's a $60 t-shirt. It's just the fact that like, I think, so deeply about it before I actually buy it. You, you think about the pleasure and the value it gives you. So that's making it intentional, it sounds like. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, the other part of it is, 
you know, I am a big proponent of buying fewer but better things. So, you know, I might have a T-shirt that costs $60, but it's just the one T-shirt, you know, instead of, you know, six $10 T-shirts. So how often do you wear that T-shirt, Lux? You wear it like every day? Every, I would wear it every day. Well, <laughs> yeah. well I just bought it. <laughs> so we don't, we don't um, know. And, you know, it's actually cold out here, so I haven't worn it yet. Oh. But it will be primed to come out come spring. Got it. But, yeah, you know, I don't have very many clothes. I think, you know, it's kind of like the same sets of clothes rotating out every every week or two. But, yeah, I wear, you know, I have clothes that are maybe seven or eight years old. I have a pair of jeans that cost $140, and they're eight years old, and I still wear them all the time. You know, so I think for me it's about... You know, understanding the value of, of what you're getting and like really using it. Because if you buy something that's really cheap and you don't use it, that's basically a waste. For even more useful information, just visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com to access white papers, articles, webinars, and hundreds of video clips on tax planning, investing, retirement planning, social security, estate planning, small business strategies, and a ton more. It's a veritable treasure trove of information just waiting for you at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. If you need more help, you can always email us at info at purefinancial.com or pick up the phone and call 888-994-6257. Welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clothesline. We have a kind of interesting guest today. Her name is Lux. Let me ask you this, Lux. What is the worst money decision? I mean, what is the worst thing that you've ever bought that you were like, you know what, I just spent a lot of money on this and I probably shouldn't have? Or it, 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 that's never happened to you? Because I'll share you mine. Oh, yes, because I'm perfect. <laughs> you sound perfect, actually, Lux. Yeah, you know, I actually, I wrote a post about a couple of things that I bought that were fails. And I, I bought um, a lamb from West Elm that cost $160. And it's hanging out in my living room right now, and I kind of get like a little pang of regret every time I walk by it. <laughs> well, let me tell you mine. I bought okay. a replica Darth Vader mask that I think Darth Vader wore himself for like seven hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> it, you, but you, it is sitting in my living room, and I look at it every day, but and you, I'm saying I am such an idiot. But you love it, right? Oh, yes. Saturday nights, I put that thing on. <laughs> See, I need to well, not be an it. impulse buyer, Lux. This is helping me out. I need to be, I need to get a, on your process. Well, you know, you could think about that purchase as like an investment, and maybe it'll be worth something one day. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's worn it out. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's all cracked it's, up. It's, yes. it's, it, it looks like the mask after he got blown up. It's, it's worth 10% to the original <laughs> value. Well, because we know Joe's an impulse buyer, uh, how, how can we help him with travel? How, what are your tips on traveling uh, for cheap or even free? Okay, so do you, have you ever heard of this thing called travel hacking? Travel, travel hacking? hacking? No, no, never heard of it. Okay. Travel hacking right. or yeah. signing up for credit card sign-ups? No, nope, okay. keep going. Never so, heard of them. Okay. So you you know the idea of frequent flyer miles? Yep. So basically like if I fly to New York from New York to LA, I'll get like 3000 points, which is not really much. But, you know, credit cards have these bonus programs where if you sign up and you spend a certain amount, you can get, you know, 30,000 points, 40,000 points, up to 100,000 points. So basically signing up for these credit card bonuses is like a shortcut to amassing all of these points, and then you can redeem them for travel. So do you just churn and burn credit cards? Is that how you do it? I'm not a total churner and burner. You know, I what I try to do is I sign up for the cards just kind of like based off of my natural spending. So, for example, you know, there's lots of cards, like the requirements would be you have to spend $3,000 within three months to, in order to get like 40,000 bonus points. And that's enough for like, a you know, a cross-country flight. You know, and many people will be able to just spend $1,000 a month, you know, like on groceries, on, you know, on their kids, etc. And one smart thing that I did was I got married earlier this year so i thought you know great like this is an awesome opportunity for me to sign up for a credit card that has a really high spending spending um requirement that i normally couldn't meet but i can use it for my wedding costs because i'm going to spend my money on that anyway and so you know that was like a you know a really good opportunity for me to kind of like 
you know, perfect timing and, you know, just like taking advantage of that. Is that how you went to Paris on that? No, that's not. Actually, I'm like, I haven't even used up those points, but, um, no, I've like, I basically have been to, I've been to London and Paris and Hawaii. And then this December, we're going to go to New Zealand. Oh, cool. So that, that one, that one was a, a really difficult one, but requires some planning and everything to kind of, you know, make sure that you can find a seat. But, you know, there's this whole, you know, subculture about travel hacking. I'm not sure if you've heard of this guy called the points guy, um, but he's basically like one of the pioneers of travel hacking. And he has like, you know, every single resource that well, you could we, even we, think of about it. One, one of our clients does this, but she's always been secretive on how she does it. So we've never known. Yes. Points <laughs> she, guy. She's the point, now we know. Yes. She's the points point gal. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Now this is this this is what I'm gaining from this, Lux, is that I cannot impulse buy stupid things anymore. Now I have to get married. Well, you, you could have a budget. I have to put in all of my credit. This is just, this is awful. Yeah, uh, but you could, you, you could turn your life around. Uh, you know, well, another thing that I did was my friend was moving to New York and he was, you know, working in investment banking. I thought, okay, he's going to need some new furniture. So I thought, you know what, here, well, here, like, I'll give you my credit card to use to buy furniture and then you can give me a check later. So that was another thing oh. that you could do, too, if you have some rich friends. I got Lux, it. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, where can people find your blog? They can find me at theluxstrategist.com, and Lux is spelled L-U-X-E. Theluxstrategist.com. That's Lux, folks. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. It was super fun. Now that you know the secrets to living the Lux life, what about your retirement? Do you have enough saved? Do you have a retirement strategy? Can your portfolio and your retirement plan stand up to record low interest rates, skyrocketing healthcare costs, market volatility, and increased longevity? I mean, seriously, can you afford to live to be 90 or 100 years old? Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and sign up for a free two-meeting assessment with a certified financial planner. There's no cost or obligation to you, and you'll learn highly effective strategies to transform your savings and income in retirement. Minimize your risk, reduce your taxes, and help your portfolio withstand today's challenges in a stress test. Sign up for a free two-meeting assessment with a certified financial planner at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Quilpa, and he's a CPA. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Well, we had luck. That was interesting. Yeah, we did, because uh, we learned how to to be intentional about those luxury items that you like, and, and you, don't, you don't feel guilty because you plan for it, and you think about it, and you think, you know what, does this is spending this money, am I going to really use it, or get the enjoyment, or is the value there? And yeah, I like that, because I think most of us, we take our discretionary income, and we don't even think about it, and, it, and it's gone. Right. You can't well, even remember I what mean, you spent it on. Th- there's a lot of good nuggets out of there. You just right. got to find them. Right. First of all, right? Yeah. It's paying for gold. Yeah. And so when you find those nuggets, I mean, you can kind of take that and say, all right, pay yourself first. Right. Sure. And, you know, that's what you do. That's what I do. Correct. Right? And it's just like, this is the dollar figure that I need to save out of my paycheck. And it's on autopilot. And it's autopilot, and it's saved. That, that, and then it's like, yeah. okay, well, everything else, I you know, I know that I have my mortgage. I know I have property tax. Sure. I know I have this, that, whatever. Then there's another bucket there that it's just like, okay, well, I know that my financial goals are going to be met with the, these savings. My daily, monthly, annual household expenses are going to be covered with this. And then there's a little bit left over. And if you want to splurge a little bit with that, then by all means, go for it because you work hard and you still want to have fun and things like that. But just don't buy stupid Darth Vader mask. Here's the la- here's my latest yeah, stupid but, but here's you're... my latest stupid oh, you have another purchase. Yes. Okay. I just thought of it. So, you know, I've been playing a lot more golf lately. Yes. Right, and so I had to. I had to get bigger. Um, I got big hands, right. and so I, I wanted to get a little bit bigger grip sure. on my clubs. Yeah, right. So I don't know. The grips are eight bucks. No big deal. Yeah, right. And so when I come back to gri- get my clubs, I'm looking around and um, I'm looking um, at golf bags. Right, right. 
And then I'm like, yeah. Could use a new bag. I could use a new bag. Some of them are pricey. Guess what I bought? I bought like the like a, a Golf Pro. like Those heavy ones? Just like a huge <laughs> Golf Pro bag. It's like what Tiger does, Woods uses. Does it say Anderson on yeah, it? Yeah, so I'm going to get yeah, it's a leather. <laughs> the thing is giant. It doesn't even fit in a golf cart. It is embarrassing. Okay. Is I, there, I, I've used it once, and I was like, God, this thing is huge. <laughs> you can hardly carry it to the cart, and <laughs> yeah. the cart doesn't even hold uh, yeah, it. I need a caddy to get it out of my car. And that's why they don't drive golf carts in the pros. No. Because the bags are too big. They don't fit. They don't They're fit. They're not designed for that. And so I put it in the golf cart, and my buddy that I'm playing golf with, he's like, Anderson, I can't fit my golf bag in the stupid golf cart because taking up the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> so embarrassing. So you're going to have to get a solo cart every time. Yes, every time. Or you can walk and carry it yourself. No, that's, that's way too heavy. That'd be good. Then you uh, get you some exercise. I mean, it's, you could put a, a good, probably, t- case of beer in there, too. Like, <laughs> no one would notice. <laughs> it's like Rodney Dangerfield. Remember his bag? Oh, yeah, with the radio yes, and everything. I got, yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I bought. Yeah, yeah. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, but here's what I heard from Lex. I, if you buy these impulse purchases on credit cards, then you'll get points. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you got to do next time. <laughs> next time. No debit card, no check. Uh, Here, let me let me figure out which which card. Oh yeah, this one will give me thirty thousand extra bonus points if I charge a thousand. I, I put everything on uh, American Express. Oh, you do. One hundred percent. But you don't get points. Yeah. Well, sure. Oh, you do. Yeah. You ever use them? Never. <laughs> I don't even know how. <laughs> you should. Well, let's call Lex back up. I know. We'll, I should you. say, hey, I have these points. I, I don't even know what how to use you got them. Got a million points. What do you do? It's. A, it's. A, I don't know. It's a lot of points because that's what because I just pay it off at the end of the month. You're right. Yeah. I don't carry balance. So and then that also helps me know that all right. Well, I have a certain amount of my discretionary expenses. Right. I put it on that card because I don't yeah. want to carry credit card balance. So I just yeah, pay right. it off every month. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. So okay. So you're gosh, you're already living the program. You just <laughs> you're just not doing step two. <laughs> Which is take advantage of the credits you're being given. <laughs> yes, yes. With all the <laughs> um, the mail I get, I'm just gonna start loading up. So I did a I did a impulse buy. Oh, let's hear it. Let's see. I guess it was uh, a couple weekends ago because it was Ryan's birthday and he loves guitars, and so we took him to Guitar Center. All right. And uh, he's actually already has like four or five guitars, so the main thing he wanted was a stand. So we got him a stand that holds seven guitars and a few other things. And and uh, I used to have a ukulele. Oh, yeah. Also known as ukulele <laughs> if you're in Hawaii. And I gave it to Rob, my older son, and now he loves it and he plays it all the time. So I'm 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 ukulele less. I don't have one. And so I was Is that in, like a baby guitar? Well, sort of. It's four strings instead of six. But um, it's like a but baby guitar. But they're tuned the same way as Is a guitar. Is it like Tiny Tim played that, right? Yeah, Tiny Tim yeah, Tiny Tim played a ukulele. So it's Big Allen Tiny Tim on concert. <laughs> yes, that's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing my hair long just for that reason. So I'm in this. I'm in Guitar Center, mind you. This is for Ryan, not but, the gal. But I'm looking at ukuleles, <laughs> and I pick one up, and it's it's a Fender ukulele. It's oh, like Fender's like, wow. electric guitars, and it's like, wow, that's kind of cool. It has the same kind of. You know the the stem. Uh, you know the, it, it looked like an electric guitar style, except it was a ukulele. It was a, yeah, it was a baby and I, guitar. Yeah, and so I was playing it, and I was going, oh, "This is pretty cool. I need to get this." So oh I, boy! So I got it. <laughs> and anyway, two weeks have passed. I have picked it up once, <laughs> and my fingers are too big for it. <laughs> Hopefully I can still take it back <laughs> because this this turned out to be a not even a regular. This is like a mini <laughs> ukulele. There's like I need to be twelve to buy it. <laughs> so I'll trade you that for the mask. <laughs> oh, and then, God. and then with your big fingers, you could probably. I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You got to come to a, a Big Al and I are going to have a garage sale one yeah, day, and you're going to see just ridiculous what, what, things. What we bought over right? the years. Oh, it's like, man, I, what were these people thinking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we got a Fender ukulele with a Darth Vader mask, but see, mine and a giant. Mine only costs <laughs> one hundred ninety nine, but then you get the you oh. get the 
the the uh, maintenance plan in case you break. <laughs> and then I got a case. <laughs> it's like I'm never gonna it's take it anywhere. Like, you can carry it around. <laughs> I was thinking, where where am I gonna take this? <laughs> People are like, oh my god, look at Big Al with That's this a baby really fender. cool case. If I needed a ukulele, so I think I'm gonna try to take that back. <laughs> And get there because there's bigger ones I, that actually I can I play. Like a normal, that was like a replica. That was of a, like, it's like a. It was like let's make a electric guitar company. Let's let's do a ukulele. Let's be really cool. Let's let's have. Uh, yeah. It was a prototype. Yeah. Yes. Right. You got it. Got it's it. awesome. I just can't really play it. Understand. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, see, if you can learn anything from this show, this is it. Yeah. Don't do what, what we, we do. do. Yeah, yes. Just avoid what we say. Oh, follow, my follow Lux. Yes. So, yeah, what'd you say? The travel hacking. We got to... Yeah. And, and the, the point, points guy. Points guy. <laughs> now we know our client's secrets. Yes. So next time she comes in. Yeah. How's, how's it going with the points, points guy? Points guy, yeah. She'll go, how do you know? <laughs> She's always been super protective. Yeah, one well, dollar, you know. No, you no. know. I and spent she, hours. I don't think she wants her husband to know because her husband... You know, wow! You really <laughs> right, you're right. Yes, exactly. Don't, don't you think? I think that's, that's why it hasn't come up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've always wanted to talk to her. Pri- hey, so how hey, do you do that again? No, I'll try. I know. I've, I tr- I've, I've tried. No, not and never going to tell you. She, <laughs> she always defers me. Oh yeah, we'll talk about it sometime. Yeah, she's taking that to the grave. But guess what? We found out. <laughs> we got the yes. skinny. Ugh. Wow. San Diego, don't start lining up for that garage sale just yet. Joe and Big Al aren't quite ready to part with that Darth Vader mask, the giant golf bag, and the tiny uke. But come join us for a one-hour lunch and learn on Thursday, November 30th. We'll look back, review the year's major headlines, discuss what may be ahead, and learn what the data is telling us about the economy's health and what financial experts predict for the end of 2017 and which details you should be paying attention to. Visit purefinancial.com slash market update to register for this free event. Lunch is included. Visit purefinancial.com slash market update. Time now for Big Al's List. Every week, Big Al Clopine scours the media to find the best tips, do's and don'ts, mistakes, myths, and advice to improve your overall financial picture. In handy bullet point format. This week, seven retirement catch-up strategies for lifelong procrastinators. I guess I could say you and I are worth paying ourselves first, right? So we're... You know, but a lot of folks don't. In fact, maybe a whole lot of folks don't. A lot of of times you wake up and you're 50 years old and you haven't done much. And you're thinking, wow, how am I ever going to retire? And if you find yourself in that position, these, these seven strategies might be exactly the thing you need to think about. And the first one is save first, spend second. That's just what I said. Pay yourself first. And Joe, that's uh, we talk about this a lot, but it's probably, I mean, it's it's like one of the most important things in retirement is is save first, save automatically, save into your four hundred one k, out of sight, out of mind. It never enters your checking account. You're not tempted to spend it because it's not there. Because what everyone else does is they figure, well, I'll just say whatever's left over, and somehow nothing's ever left over. You figure out ways to spend it is yeah, the problem. Yeah, everything comes up, you know. Yeah, but if you don't have it, you can't spend it. Right. I mean, you could say in terms of nutrition, eat vegetables and fruit. You know, uh, lean meats, uh, whole grains. This is one of those. This is like a basic tenet of saving for retirement: is paying yourself first. You know, I was working out with uh, my trainer. Yeah. Right. And so he's starting like a six-week um, workout challenge, right, for his his club, his gym. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do something a little bit different this year. We're going to do it, um, you know, starting now, or I think it starts maybe next week. And so it ends like right around uh, Christmas time. Right. And I was like, wow, I mean, you're going to go through Thanksgiving? He goes, yeah, that's kind of the whole point is that right. you know, if you want to get in shape, this is a really difficult time to do it because there's, you know, um, Thanksgiving and Christmas parties and um, holiday parties and work parties yes. and everything else in between. Yeah. And so if they could get on this challenge and be committed to it. Right. Right. And it's six weeks long and... I think it costs 
Six hundred bucks. Okay, but if you lose like ten pounds or whatever your goal is, right? right? So you sure. set a goal yeah. for the next six weeks of what what you want to do, and then they give you your, your money back. Right. Oh, right? cool. Nice. So it's just trying to get them committed to to yeah. lose weight. Yeah. And he goes, "Here's the funny thing." He goes, "People go on diets, right, or start a workout program, yeah, um, five to six times a year." Really. And it doesn't stick, does and it? And I was like, are you kidding? He's like, yeah, that's what the studies say. He's like, you know. So every other month, someone is going on a diet, and then they're doing it again. Right. And then they fall off the wagon, then they're doing it again. Or going to the gym, and then yes. they get, uh, right? So it's the same thing with with the whole workout fitness. It's like, do a couple burpees, right? And eat Eat, eat, eat a little bit healthier. Eat some good food and 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 put it. You know, just. But it's uh, a multi-billion-dollar industry with right. the videos, and this is gonna. You know, you could get sprinkle some salt on your Big Mac and you lose weight. Oh yeah, remember that years ago on yeah. the cable channels, right? And then they ended up with a lawsuit because yeah. it was fraud. It didn't Imagine work. that. Yeah, I was really hoping that one would work. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's, gosh, and, and that's, I mean, so talking about getting in shape and eating right, you actually have to do it. It's paying yourself first, if, if you have a 401k, is it's automatic. Right. I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Second one here, Joe, is is take advantage of catch-up contributions. And, and what that means is if you have a 401k or a 403b and you're 50 or older, you can put $6,000 more into that thing than everyone else. Or if you have an if you have just an IRA or Roth IRA, you can put a thousand dollars more than everyone else. So the limits right now: four hundred one k eighteen thousand. If you're fifteen older, twenty four thousand. IRA or Roth IRA fifty five hundred. If you're fifteen older, it's sixty five hundred. So make sure you take advantage of those catch up provisions because they're 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 designed just for you to help you catch up. That's where they came from. Key. I mean, if you can do it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But here's another thing to consider or to, to be aware of. Some 401k plans, to maximize the catch-up, you're going to have to let them know, right? Because if you say, hey, um, you, you know, you check the box, you're putting in X amount of dollars. Right. And then you get to that $18,000 limit. Yeah. And you're over 50 and you want to put 24000 Sometimes you're going to have to, you know, direct the 401k provider that you want to put money as yeah, a catch-up. That's, that's a really good point. That's true of our plan with paychecks they have a you can max out your regular 401k but then there's a catch-up thing which is a whole separate election that you want to make sure you max out that as well really good point another one is uh, decreasing monthly expenses uh, we've talked about that already in on this show hard to do some people are better at it than others some people will budget some people will track their expenses in our experience, most people don't want to do that. So actually, uh, I would say rule of thumb for all the rest of us <laughs> that don't want to do this is do a little planning to figure out what you need to save. Make sure that that's being saved automatically. And if you don't have a 401k, have it automatically come out of your checkbook. And the same day your, your payroll comes in, have it go to your IRA, your Roth IRA, your, your trust account, your savings account, whatever it may be. Have that automatic. Figure out what what you need to save so that whatever's left in your checkbook then that's you know that's what you can spend for that pay period right that's a that's a real simple way to do it and i think it works for virtually everybody i mean it, but you have to get motivated to do this you know what i mean and it, and it's Unfortunately, a lot of times, bad things have to happen for people to realize that they need to change their ways. Right. So, you know, some of you is um, have done a phenomenal job savings, and then you're even saving a lot more than you probably need to to provide yourself with a retirement lifestyle that you're accustomed or the mm-hmm. uh, you know lifestyle that you're accustomed to today. Um, but let's say I'm a little bit behind. And so some of the things that I've been trying to do to motivate individuals is that, okay, well, here, you've got five years to retirement. You don't have a lot of money saved. And here's your Social Security benefits. But you make a good income, right? You just spend a lot, which is, I mean, you know, that's your money. You do whatever you want with it. Right. But you're making $100,000 now. Your Social Security benefit is going to be $22,000, right? So can you live off of $22,000? Because that's what's coming down the pike. You know, if you can't live on, all right, you're going to have to live on $22,000. So try to do that this year. Just live off of $22,000 and then save everything else. There's no way I can do it. Well, it, that might be just one bad year, right? Right. Just one miserable year that you'll have to go through. Then you can save everything else versus spending the next 20 years just being absolutely miserable. Yeah. And you, I, you pick your poison. And I think the other thing, too, Joe, is like, let's say you're spending. Spending the hundred, 
if you could get it down to where you're spending fifty or sixty thousand and get used to that and save the difference, then by the time you hit retirement, you may be able to sustain that same level. Absolutely. So that's that's really the key, and that that you you, you have to want it. There. Yeah, it's you, it's just like working you're out. You have to put nutrition. yourself in a mindset. You know, yeah. I think um, there's a big brokerage company. What they did is that they had this company take a picture of their clients, right, and then they fast like they aged their face, yeah, like what they look like in their 80s or something like that. Right. And you know what? That motivated people to save money. It was crazy because they saw a future self. Yeah. And they're like, I need to take care of that ugly looking (laughs) old man. That old man. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for him. He looks sad. Yeah, because he's broke. Right. Right. Another one, Joe, is downsize or relocate before retirement. And I will tell you this, a lot of people that we talk to want to stay in their home. And I think the majority of baby boomers want to stay in their home. But whether that's realistic and practical, I mean, if you haven't saved a lot in your retirement and you happen to have a home in Southern California, let's just say, where there's been a lot of appreciation, that truly may be your retirement asset. And you can say, no, I don't want to leave the home. Well, okay, well, that's a choice, but that's going to mean you're going to have to work a lot longer. And if that's what you want to do, great. But some people will say, you know what? If I could retire at 65 or 70 instead of working till 80, it's worth it for me to live a little bit simpler life. And, and so that's a choice you have to make. And I think for a lot of you, that's uh, if you if you are behind, that's a that's a pretty realistic place to go to. Right. Yeah, we're seeing more and more of it where you know some people are renting out rooms. You know, right. maybe empty nesters. Yeah. And um, Airbnb is really good for that. Yeah. yeah. I, I live by uh, University of San Diego. Yeah. Um, and. So there's a lot of um, neighbors, you know, there's that are renting out, um, you know, some rooms to USD kids. So. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. The other one is earned side income. And Joe, this is a side uh, hustle. Yeah. This is a big one, I think. I, I actually think that the, the new retirement norm is going to be to have some side income. Yeah. Or, you got your Fender ukulele. You're going to yes, go out and play the clubs. Yes. I'm going to make 20 bucks in tips, except <laughs> I don't know. If I can't put my fingers on those bar. cords. I don't know. We'll ha- I mean, the strings. We'll have to see. Uh, another one you might want to consider is changing employment. And that that's kind of a drastic thing. But if you're in a situation where you're not making a lot of money, and, and you've let's say you're 50, and you're kind of in a dead end type job, maybe your industry is starting to decline. If you might need to get retrained, but you still got 15, 20 good years in you, maybe it's worth it getting retrained and looking at what other opportunities are available. And then finally. Joe is um, is creating cash flows and and basically what they're talking about there is is when you have saved some money uh, and so so maybe you kind of woke up in your 40s 50s or even late 50s even 60 you kind of wake up and you start aggressively saving and it's like now when you retire it's making the most of the retirement dollars that you have and and it's considering where those assets are located if it's in retirement accounts you got to pay ordinary income taxes on that if if you got some money in a Roth IRA you can manage your taxes better because the, you pull money out of there and it's tax free The final strategy for procrastinators is to create cash flow by paying off debt or refinancing your mortgage, for example. For more, just visit the white paper section of the Learning Center at YourMoneyYourWealth.com to download our free retirement readiness guide. This guide contains little-known secrets about creating income to last a lifetime, making the most of your investing strategy in retirement, controlling your taxes, and much more. You'll learn seven plays to help you get retirement ready despite the uncertainties we may face. Download the free retirement readiness guide from the white papers section of the Learning Center at YourMoneyYourWealth.com. Now, if you have a burning money question, just call 888-994-6257 for your chance to talk to Joe and Big Al and have your question answered live during Your Money, Your Wealth, just like Marie did. Marie, we can, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, you guys, for picking up my phone. Call. I have a question here. I am in my 50s and I want to retire but I also, when I wanted to retire and preserve my capital, I don't have that much, but I wanted to invest in options, trade options. What do you think about that? Is it a good way to invest the money, to make it work for you? What is the difference between uh, trade trade options compared to just giving it to somebody a mutual fund? 
Um, well, let me ask you a few questions. What is your experience uh, with trading options? Well, not much, but I heard that you can learn about it. You can do the, you know, the trading on the internet by yourself. Sure. And so what type of options would you want to trade? I would think weekly or monthly. Okay. Uh, short version, like making the investment, buying and selling, I guess. And of course, is that going to have consequences as uh, buying a stock and selling a stock? Uh, you know, that's another thing that is going to throw me off in regards to uh, am I going to incur expenses on doing that or just put the money, say $1,000, right into the mutual fund? Well, let's talk about, okay, so you're in your 50s. You would like to retire at some point. How much money are you thinking about trading options with? I don't know. I'm going to start with very little, 5000 Okay. And then how much money do you have total saved for, right now for your retirement? Um, I have put it in real estate. And My money is practically not with me. It's being in real estate invested. Okay. And then how much cash flow are you are, are you generating from your real estate investments? Um, just barely breaking even at this point. Okay. And then what is your long-term plan with the real estate? Do you want to, um, are you aggressively paying down, um, the debt so you can increase your cash flow, or are you holding the, the properties more for growth and sell them at some point, um, to yeah, create some liquidity? That's what it, yeah, that's what it is. Holding the property more for growth and hopefully I can sell it, you know, when I get older, a lot older. Okay. So right now I want to keep it like that. Well, here's, I guess, my two cents. Um, mm -hmm. Trading options is a very sophisticated way of investing. Um, it is highly speculative, depending on what type of options that you are trying to trade um, and what you're actually trading. If it's commodities, if it's just the S&P 500, um, are the individual stocks, are you doing call options, put options, are you you know straddling the... So th th there's a lot more to it than maybe, hey, you could make a lot of money um, you know, trading options. And if you're a novice investor, and it sounds like more or less you're on the real estate side of things versus, you know, playing with the stock market, um, right. I, I would say, you know, if you want to spend a few thousand dollars, um, you know, and, and try to see how you do, Al and I have met people that have made significant wealth trading options, but we've met more people that have lost a significant part of their wealth trading options. So in, you know, playing the Wall Street game that way, um, you know, I think there's a lure of making a lot of money, uh, but there's also significant risk with that if you don't necessarily know what you're doing. Yes, I hear that. And, uh, you know, I talked to one of those uh, brokerage and they're willing to teach you how to do it. Of course, I, I mean, I'm an old person now, I'm considering um, I definitely don't want to raise my capital, but again, I mean, I wanted to be able, because I have also a physical condition, so I want to make sure that I can be able to support myself later on. Yeah, um, I, I would probably stay away from it. What do you think, Al? Yeah, I, I agree, Marie. I, I'm I'm also a real estate investor, and I think that's a great way to go. Are your properties uh, in San Diego, or where are you located? Uh, yes, I am a real estate investor, and that's—I mean, uh, when I say that is is that I'm investing the the real estate on my own home. I bought it many years ago. It has accumulated a little bit of uh, equity in it, and I don't want to. I want to remain like that. And if if any case someday I'll pay, I uh, sell it, get some equity, buy a new one, cash. Got it. Do you do, do you have any do you have any, do you have any rent do you have any rental properties as well? No. No. Just, okay. Uh, Just home the home. Okay. Property, Got it. Not, not so I'm going to tell you the same thing as Joe with options. That's a that is a pretty sophisticated way to invest. It's also you can make a lot of money, but you can lose a lot of money. In some cases, you can lose more than your principal, and it's 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 basically a way to take the stock market on steroids, if you will, because you can make a lot more, but you can lose a lot more. And I I would not go that route. What what I would do is I would have a a low cost, um, inexpensive global globally diversified portfolio with with index type funds uh, and just don't try, that would be my recommendation for you okay 
All right, guys, I, I understand. I was just uh, very inclined to think that this is a new thing and you can make money real fast. Yeah, you can make money real fast, but you can also lose money real I, fast. I have so. I have a, a direct experience with somebody that lost millions doing options, and I would just be careful. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for the call. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. You know, with with options trading, you know, I, I think a lot of times people will there there's safe ways to trade options. You know, you can covered calls is a pretty conservative way to invest options. Yes. And an option, all that is, is just you have an option to either buy or sell a particular security at a given price. Right. And and I'm not going to get in the weeds with this, um, but listening to Marie is that, all right, well, here, maybe I do a couple of thousand. I hear that you can make a lot of money quick, and maybe I'm a little bit behind in my overall retirement savings. I'm in my 50s. I would like to retire ASAP. And, you know, it's it's finding that quick win, that, that, that fast buck, which hurts people, blows people up. Right. Yeah, it, it, it does, Joe. And, and I think that's the, the tendency is, is when you, you wake up in your 50s and you realize you are behind, then you, 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 you want to get more aggressive or you, want, you, you think you need to be more aggressive. And, and we have found more often than not some of these what I would I guess I don't want to call it a scheme, but it, the, some of these strategies that are, are, are pretty risky. And, and Well, I mean, if you're naked with your option strategy, yes, you well, have significant downside risk. But if you have a covered call, I mean, it's not like you're going to lose everything. You're just going to lose whatever the price of the option was. Sure. Or, you, you know, you're in the money, out of the money. But then you have to understand what a covered call exactly. is. Exactly. Right? I don't think, you know, but they can teach me. It's like, well, you know what? These traders on Wall Street... I've been doing this for 20, 30 years, and guess what? A lot of them blow themselves up because you get a couple of wins, yep. and then you're like, you know what? Hey, this isn't that bad. Right. It's just like the, the infomercial told me. Yeah. I can make a lot of money doing this. And then they lure you into another one. Here, now spend $7,000 on this trading system, and then go back again and make it, you know. And, and um, the person making the money is the one selling the courses. Exactly. Yeah, and the same thing happens with real estate. And I, I got sucked into that in my 20s, and, and some of that I honestly learned from, and others you get overconfident. And I tried it, and I've made some money in real estate, but I will tell you, it's way harder than it's portrayed. Sure. Uh, well, what are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> flip, it just, or, flip it or win it or right. lose it. Or, yeah. Or, you got or, the TV shows. You got the young guys in I there, know, you know, looking right? good. Oh, well, let's just flip this thing and Co- make 100000 bucks. A couple of books I read said, yeah, use other people's money, and then uh, you have the tenant paid, basically pays the debt off, and you just wait for checks to show up in your mailbox. That's what I, I read a little bit of that. Yeah, doesn't quite work that way. It's some days it does. Yes, some lots, days it doesn't. Lots, lots of days it doesn't. Yeah, some as, days. It... As when I had a tenant that, uh, when I kicked out of the place for non-payment of rent, they had parked their motorcycle in the living room, on my new carpet. That was a. That was a. <laughs> when I was a young landlord, I learned a lot from that one. Oh, I could just see you. Be the heavy and kicking a Harley guy out of what well, he was in the Hell's Angels, probably. No, I didn't. The sheriff did. <laughs> oh, now the truth comes out. It's like, yeah, Elson pounded on the door. Hey, Bruce. Oh, that was pay the rent or get was, out. Uh, that was my one of my first, actually, I think maybe it was my first, second landlord experience. First one, I dumb luck, I got a good tenant, but the second one was awful. They didn't, they didn't pay the rent. I called them up and said, you, you know, you got to pay the rent or move out. And they said, well, you didn't give me the three day notice. I'm thinking, wow, they know make way more than I do. <laughs> so then I hired a, a eviction firm to, for the three day notice, and then, you know, then then they contested. So we had to go to court, and God, I just wanted them out. I went to court and they didn't show up and the judge said, what's the issue? And I said, they haven't paid rent. And he said, okay, they're not here. They're evicted. Now, what do you want for the judgment? I'm thinking, they don't have any money. So I, I, I was like in my 20s, with, totally unprepared. And I, all I could he goes, well, you know, the rent they haven't paid, how much? I said, it's about $900. And he goes, son, we do not do about here in the court. <laughs> So I said, it's okay. I don't need the judgment. <laughs> in front of I'm sorry. All these, Just get me out of here. In front of all these people. <laughs> 
Well, the mistakes we make when we're younger. Oh, well, at least you got them out. Yeah, I did. Yes. And then there was a motorcycle grease on the on did, the carpet. Did you did you keep that or did you sell it? The motorcycle? No. Well, did they oh, leave the motorcycle no. there? <laughs> oh, you mean the house? Yeah. No, I. I put new carpet in and sold as fast as I could. Yeah, exactly. That's a bad experience. <laughs> yeah, give me the hell out of here. <laughs> That's it for us today. For Big Al Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. So to recap today's show, at the time of the recording of this podcast, Trump tax reform is still up in the air. But taking a look now at how the proposed changes might affect you is a really good idea. Getting a side hustle, downsizing, getting a better paying job, and decreasing your monthly expenditures are all ways for procrastinators to catch up on retirement savings. But the most important tip is to save automatically before you begin spending. And real estate can be a really great investment, but keep in mind you may end up having to replace the carpet and call the sheriff. Special thanks to our guest, Lux. Learn more strategies for living the life of Lux at theluxstrategist.com. That's Lux spelled L-U-X-E. Subscribe to the podcast at yourmoneyyourwealth.com through your favorite podcatcher or on iTunes, where you can also check out our ratings and reviews. And remember, if you've got a burning money question for Joe and Big Al to answer on Your Money, Your Wealth, just email info at purefinancial.com or call 888-994-6257. Listen next week for more Your Money, Your Wealth, presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free financial assessment, visit purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Your Money, Your Wealth opening song Motown Gold by Carl James Pestka is licensed under a Creative Commons license.